If you're moving to Florida or thinking about moving to Florida this next year, this may be the most valuable video you're gonna watch. We're gonna talk about mortgages and what happens to the hundreds of thousands of people who didn't pay their loans due to COVID and went into forbearance. We're also gonna talk about homeowners insurance and why it's more difficult today than it was in the crash of 2008 to get homeowners insurance. Stay tuned. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. My name is Matt Light and I'm a licensed realtor here in Sarasota, Florida. If this is your first time joining us here on YouTube or listening to the podcast, I wanna encourage you to like this video and please subscribe to my channel. I make weekly videos on relocating to Sarasota and all things Sarasota real estate. So if you are at all thinking about moving to Florida this year, this video is gonna be extremely helpful for you. I'm gonna have two special guests on the show today that are gonna talk about homeowners insurance and all the changes that have occurred with homeowners insurance in the last six to nine months and what the outlook is probably gonna be for 2021. I'm also gonna have a local mortgage lender join the show today. She's gonna to talk about what's going on with home loans and what we can expect in 2021. But I wanna to start today by talking a little bit about what happened to the real estate market as a whole in 2020. Well, we started the year off extremely strong and then COVID hit and no one really knew what was going to happen in terms of buying and selling homes. In fact, in April here in Florida, we had a statewide lockdown and the market kind of became really stagnant. And then as that lockdown ended and restrictions began to lift here in Florida, our phones began ringing off the hook. And I was having dozens of people call me who, who lived in states with high property taxes and a lot of these people were still sitting at home, still under lockdown, and they began thinking, you know, I'm working remotely, I'm paying a ton of money in taxes, and I still have to deal with snow. So what happened to us in the Sarasota market? Well, we had a lot of people take their properties off the market due to not wanting people in their homes with, with COVID, but the demand to move here, it really skyrocketed and inventory became super scarce. In fact, in the third quarter, inventory became so low that if no new properties were to come on the market, we would have sold every property in a span of only nine weeks. And so new construction, how did they respond to it? Well, they did not impose a ton of price increases. Rather, they just sold double what they were expecting. So this contributed to a national lumber shortage across the country. Quick side note, you can see that video links below on how a national lumber shortage affected property values, especially with the resale property value. But overall, we had an extremely strong real estate market in Sarasota for the year of 2020. All right, and today I have the one and only Nino Gansitano joining the show um, to kind of talk about all things insurance. I'm gonna ask him a couple questions in regards to what we can expect for 2021. So Nino, welcome to the show. Um, tell us who you work for and a little bit about how long you've been in the industry. Absolutely, so uh, I'm an Allstate agent here locally in Sarasota. Uh, corporation is uh, AMG Insurance and Financial Services. 
And uh, I've been in the community uh, with Allstate for approximately almost 18 years now. So uh, started straight out of college, and this is uh, this is all I've done since uh, <laughs> since graduating. So, so yeah, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of info today. Hopefully, that'll help uh, help consumers when they uh, when they head down here. Uh, you know, as far as the insurance goes. Fantastic. Well, I've got a couple of questions here on my iPad that I'm going to kind of just roll right through. Uh, most of my listeners probably don't know this. But the insurance world was rocked pretty hard in 2020 with restrictions and kind of being a lot more challenging to obtain homeowner's insurance. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what was it in 2020, excuse me, 2020 that, you know, we saw that made homeowner's insurance so hard to obtain? Yeah, um, you know, it's been an interesting year and... And, um, you know, we, we can look in, in, in history uh, in, in Florida as far as uh, uh, some of these ebbs and flows as far as insurance goes. Uh, we're, we're kind of in one of those situations now. The last one was probably 2006. And then prior to that was probably 93 right after Hurricane Andrew. So um, a multitude of things that I don't want to I don't want to bore clients with at this point. But um, there's there's a few things that have changed in Florida that have, have kind of all escalated at once to, to create kind of the perfect storm. So um, you've got reinsurance costs. Um, that's the insurance that the insurance companies buy to protect them. That coverage went up uh, approximately 30% this year, um, which ultimately is going to be passed on to the consumer in the form of rates. Um, obviously, if, if anyone's watching the news up north, we probably so a multitude of storms, uh, uh, definitely some of those making impact with Florida, which is causing issues as well. Um, and uh, insurance fraud in Florida is, is probably one of the main factors right now that's driving the cost of insurance. So you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned in insurance fraud and you mentioned the insurance that the insurance companies buy has gone up 30%. And that's obviously going to be passed on to the consumer. What do you, what are you seeing that a year ago rates on a, you know, five, 10 year old home were a year ago and what are they today? So we can try to compare apples to apples. Definitely. Uh, I've definitely seen on, on, uh, you know, relatively newer homes, 10 years, you know, 10 to 15 years old, um, seeing anywhere from, you know, three to, uh, three to $500 more annually on those policies for for the for apples to apples coverage from from a year ago um you know again with with properties and and obviously in, in your market you know every property is a little bit different so uh, a lot of different factors go into it roof shape and uh you know size of the home coverages um whether they've had updates or not uh all of that's going to play into an effect which is ultimately why I would recommend to your clients, the sooner that you can get in contact with an, with an, uh, uh, somebody in the insurance industry to at least give them the basics of what you're looking at so that this doesn't become an afterthought that you, you find your forever home and then realize that either we can't get insurance for it or, uh, or, or you realize that the insurance is now five times greater than what you anticipated. So that information, uh, uh, getting in touch with an insurance provider early on to let them know what you're looking at um, may help you make your decision um, a, a little bit easier at that point. Insurance is not is not impossible to obtain, uh, really for any property, but there there are different companies with with certain aspects of that house that you're purchasing. Hmm. So talking about obtaining homeowners insurance, you know this this video series, this video that that we're doing today is people kind of moving to Florida in 2021. What they need to know. 
What is it that people need to know this upcoming year on what they need to do to obtain homeowner's insurance or maybe you can kind of look into your perfect crystal ball and if you think insurance premiums are going to continue to increase or, or level off, what is it that um, future buyers need to know as they prepare to move here to Florida? Sure. Well, I, I would say first thing, um, I don't want to scare anybody from coming down here. So, uh, you know, ultimately you can still come down, we can, we can still get insurance, uh, but, but obviously you need to be a little bit more due diligent in, in what you're looking, what you're doing um, in the home buying process. Uh, uh, the biggest thing, again, is, is get in touch with an insurance provider early on with what you're looking at. Um, we normally will let clients know, uh, you know, what type of inspections are going to be needed. Um, roof updates are going to be a huge factor for 2021. Um, companies are, are not all, but the majority of companies have gone to a, 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 10, a 10 year limit on, on a three tab shingle roof. So, um, you know, homes that you are considered um, you know, early to mid 2000s, uh, those roofs with shingles, um, you know, potentially companies may not. Um, so again, roof updates are going to be a big factor for 2021. Uh, ultimately, I think, uh, you, I think rates will eventually level out. I don't think it's going to happen next year, um, but I would say probably in the next 18, 18 to 24 months, we should see uh, Nina, go ahead and reiterate uh, what you were just saying. The call was breaking up on uh, rates leveling out over the next 18 or so months. Yeah, I would say 18 to 24 months. We, we uh, hopefully the insurance market will get will get you know grasp on what what's been going on, um, and, and I would hope at that point things would uh, tend to lighten up a bit as far as uh, underwriting restrictions go. Okay. Um, and, and and hopefully with with rates. Uh, being being more consistent. Um, like I said, I do think rates are going to continue to go up um, over the next year um, uh, because I do I've already heard from some of the carriers that they're already they're already filed a second rate um, that came on on what we've been talking about this initial rate. Um, we could see uh, some of those companies already filing. Right. So kind of in a nutshell, obviously the insurance carriers, their, their insurance bill has gone up 30%. And one of the main factors to really consider in 2021 is going to be the age of the roof of a property. Like you were just saying, um, you know, the call is breaking up a little bit, but if you have a property with a shingle roof, that's 10 year, it's a 10 year old or older roof, that could be a little bit of a hiccup where in years past, a shingle roof, you know, you'd be fine up till 18, 20 years as long as a inspector was going to go ahead and give you five years of useful life. So that's really kind of a really important factor to keep in mind if you're not going the new construction route, but if you're going for the resale route is looking at the age of roof um, moving forward. Well, thank you so much for joining the show um, today, Nino. We really appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and I am going to put all of Nino's contact information at the bottom of this video and at the bottom of the podcast, if you're listening on Apple podcast, so you can reach out to Nino directly. If you have any questions um, or concerns, or you just want to pick his brain in regards to obtaining homeowners insurance, as you begin to relocate down here um, to Florida, Nino, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. 
So next I wanna jump into mortgages and what we can anticipate you know, as you look to move to Florida in the year 2021. So I've asked one of my, my friends, uh, she's a local lender here, her name's Paula, to join the show today. Paula, jump on in here, tell us kind of a, you know, who you work for and how long you've been in the industry. Matt, thanks for having me. I work for Union Home Mortgage, and we have been around since the 70s, late 70s, I believe. Uh, we fund our own mortgages with our own funds, and we have control over the process. That's very important to work with a lender that has control over the process throughout. And I've been a local lender for 18 years, so long time. And That's prior fantastic. to that, I worked for a brokerage firms. So <laughs> long time in finance. Yes, that is fantastic. So I've got a list of questions right here that I'm going to go straight on down. Um, so kind of starting off, you know, the elephant in the room was, was COVID for the year of 2020. So can you kind of talk to us about what was going on with the loan process at the beginning of 2020? And then what has happened towards the end of 2020 in regards to mortgages? Sure. So the beginning of 2020 was obviously, you know, probably the end of the first quarters when COVID started really being realized that this is not going away. And all of a sudden the markets are, this is a lot of uncertainty and they didn't like that. So we saw a real pullback in what's called non-conforming loans in the jumbo higher end category. Uh, there was there was very few loans that were available for higher dollar amounts, except for some of the banks um, had had uh, basically over the 550 uh, price point. We're talking about loan wise, not pr not purchase price, but 550 and above loan amount. Um, that has really come back, and it's come back strong, uh, very strong. So that is something that's fabulous. I priced a jumbo loan this morning. It was at 2.75, give or take, which we haven't seen those kind of rates in the jumbo market in my 18 years of lending. So that was pleasantly surprising. It, it really surprised me pricing that out this morning, but um, that's great. So that's been a huge change. Jumbo, the jumbo market is back. Um, the other thing that has been positive is obviously interest rates are super low. You can get a 30-year fixed rate for under 3%. That's phenomenal without paying a lot of points to buy the interest rate down. So there's a lot of refinancing going on. Um, a lot of people are moving up their time frame to purchase simply because they want to take advantage of those low interest rates. Yeah, no, that, that makes all, all the sense in the world. I know we've seen interest rates have been low for a while and then COVID, they kind of <laughs> just when you th didn't think they could go any lower, they went a little bit lower, you know, but let's, let's talk a little bit about, about COVID and, and what happened. There was obviously hundreds of, a, hundreds of thousands of people that they lost jobs and they no longer could, they didn't have the income to pay their mortgages. So they stopped paying mortgages. And then, you know, we were going to, we didn't want to go into a, uh, you know, a lending crisis um, or mortgage crisis. So they had forbearance kind of came back in. Can you explain to my listeners what is forbearance? And let's say somebody was in forbearance and now they want to move to Florida. Can they still qualify to purchase a home? That's a great question. So forbearance, if you think about it, is like taking a time out on your mortgage. You're pausing your mortgage payments. Pleasantly, I've been pleasantly surprised because whenever that happens, you know, we start talking in the industry and we're like, oh my goodness, how is this going to impact your credits, credit rating? Are we going to see errors on credit reports? So 
For us, that was a little unnerving, wondering what we're going to be seeing. Fortunately, I've pulled plenty of people's credits since, since this has started, and I've yet to see an error on a credit report. So that's really great. They seem to be reporting that properly. And the other positive factor is as long as you have come out of forbearance and now you've shown your due diligence to repay for three months, that's what they wanna see is three months on time payments, then absolutely you can purchase. And I actually had a situation last month where someone sold their home while being in forbearance. And I had to question that because now they're not gonna to have to be able to prove that, they're not gonna have availability to prove the three on-time payments. That wasn't a problem. The sale of the home took care of the forbearance and we issued a new loan they closed last week. So forbearance has not been um, a hindrance, which is fantastic. And as long as you're out of it, um, we've got refinances going on. Obviously the refinances, I've got wait, I'm waiting for one person to make that last third payment and we're going to close them. So it's been, it's been good. That is, that is fantastic news. I know when forbearance came out, that was a big thing of, you know, how is that going to affect purchasing power moving forward in the future? So let's talk about somebody who might be going through a lifestyle change, right? They, they might be semi-retired or they just retired, but they're not ready to start collecting on all of their social security. So they were making a high income, but now that income has dropped off drastically, but they have several different assets, but again, they don't have a high income. How can they best position themselves and can they still purchase a home here in Florida? That's a huge demographic that is looking to buy in Florida right now, especially in the second home category. Um, or someone that, just like you said, is making a lifestyle change. They're planning on moving here in five years or they're planning on moving here now. Um, basically, we can, we can be very creative with income and, and still offer the same fantastic interest rate, putting you in the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac uh, lending category. If you have an IRA, for example, let's say you're over 59 and a half and you want to purchase a home for 400,000 with 20% down, that's going to create a payment for around 1300 principal and interest, add taxes and insurance, and you're looking at a payment of about 1800. So assuming you don't have a lot of debt, just for simplicity, you would need about 4,000 a month in income to make that work. So if you have an IRA, for example, that is a value of about 144,000, we could create income using that IRA without having to use an existing job, uh, without having to use social security, because if you're in that in-between period um, or a pension that hasn't started, we can leverage assets. We could even do that prior to 59 and a half using an IRS rule uh, 72T that goes into substantial set up periodic payment distributions. I just messed up the acronym, but anyway, <laughs> we can do that. Um, also, if you have a trust, for example, and you're under the age of 59 and a half, um, that is something that we are able to do. I did it last month for someone and they had some assets in a trust and we created income that way too. So there are alternative ways to get financing if you don't have a W-2 uh, type of income. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's really important because it, particularly in, in our market, not only Sarasota, but in Florida, 
COVID has caused a lot of people to want to move here. And we obviously have lots of new construction options and, and, and resales. And we do still have some low inventory. But, you know, financing, if you don't have cash and now your income's dropped off, that is, that's super important to know, um, you know, how creative that, that you can get. And the last question that I have for you today is, you know, what do you expect to see in 2020 or excuse me, in 2021, that was different than what we saw in 2020 in regards to you know maybe some interest rates or restrictions that they could be imposing. Yeah, it really depends on who you ask, and it depends on what you read. Because I'm hearing it's still going to be a phenomenal year for interest rates, which I believe. Because even if we do have a major economic recovery coming out of COVID and the economy starts going ro- very robust again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're still going to be low, even if we have a little bit of a hike. We're still so low. <laughs> we would have to have some drastic changes, and I just don't see that happening because the Fed obviously wants to see rates increase gradually, and so that it doesn't uh, obviously hurt people from trying to purchase and and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be low. I think it'll be a great opportunity, and we've got new administrations, so whether great. that's a pro or con, we won't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's fantastic. Um, you know, thank you again so much for joining, for joining us today and kind of bringing some insight in light of, you know, people looking to move here in 2021 and some of the things that, that they need to know. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put all of Paula's contact information um, in the uh, link below, in the description below. And if you're on the podcast, it will be in the show notes below. Um, But again, thank you so much for joining us, Paula. And if any of you listeners have any questions or want to, you know, just start the conversation. That is one of the things I love so much about, about Paula is she is so great at just starting that conversation and taking the time to really explain to you what your options are, regardless of if right now is the best time to purchase or maybe a year from now. So thank you again, Paula, for all that you've done for clients that I've passed over to you and for kind of bringing, bringing some insight today. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Have a great day. So obviously there are a lot of little details to think about and consider when you are moving here to Florida, especially for this next year and coming out of COVID. And every situation is going to be a little bit different. So if you have any specific questions, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me directly. Uh, Give me a phone call on my cell phone, shoot me a text message or drop me an email. And I would love to help you and your family best position yourself as you look to relocate here to Florida. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to stay educated on all things real estate and Sarasota, make sure to subscribe.